If no one sheds light on what is being done in the darkness, it will never stop. One in three girls and one in six boys are sexually abused and told to hush. Breaking the silence is the first step to healing. Healing is a lifelong journey. Find your voice. Your story matters. Pain put me into hiding. Purpose called me out. May the silence be broken. Thanks for listening to the One Voice Podcast. It's a safe place for conversation on relevant topics with real life stories to encourage and inspire you along life's journey of healing from sexual abuse. I'm Mary O'Brien and now Nicole Braddock Bromley. What a world we're living in right now. I am (laughs) happy to be back with Mary. Even though we're not in the same place right now, recording as we used to do before COVID, mm-hmm. I'm currently sitting in my car because <laughs> I'm getting some work done in my house and I wasn't prepared for all the banging. So, you know, you just got to do what you're going to do. Um, and survival is key. As we all know, we've all survived a lot of things. And I think that, you know, we have survived the worst and I think we can survive this too. So thank you for being back with us on the One Voice podcast. I have some special guests with us today. Um, Anne and Michelle, they're co-founders of a nonprofit called Hope Meadows, which is a center for healing and equine therapy. And I'm really excited because I've just, you know, in all the years as being a survivor of sexual abuse and working with survivors of sexual abuse, I have come across equine therapy as something that's been super helpful. And so I I had heard about Hope Meadows through another friend and just reading about equine-assisted psychotherapy and working with a holistic approach to treatment that Hope Meadows does. It was just really cool to me. So welcome to our podcast, ladies. Thank you so much for having us on. Absolutely. Well, if you wouldn't mind just kind of giving us a little bit of information for those who really don't know what equine assisted psychotherapy is or looks like or how it can be effective with especially trauma survivors, um, I think that would be a great place to start just to get acquainted with that. Absolutely. So what we do at Hope Meadows is kind of um, take a holistic approach. So mind, body, spirit. And for those of the audience here who don't know what equine assisted psychotherapy is, it's just a unique way of getting out of a clinical setting. Um, So our treatment teams consist of a mental health specialist, an equine specialist, and the horses together that act as a treatment team. Um, So, you know, instead of sitting in the clinical setting with a therapist, you're out in the arena um, talking about what, what's going on, but also, more importantly, experiencing um, in the moment what is actually happening um, in your body and in mm-hmm. your mind. And so um, why horses work, I guess, is always the second question that we get from people. Right. Um, right. And if you want to elaborate, because it's, you know, people say, okay, I get the therapy part of it, but why horses? Mm. So with horses, they're prey animals, right? So when the moment you walk into an arena, a horse is always kind of sizing you up and wondering, are you safe to be around? Because again, keeping in mind that they're prey animals. And so our biggest thing with working with horses is you can fake it with people, but you cannot fake it with horses because they'll see right (laughs) through you because of body language, energy. And so working with clients, you can break through those barriers so much faster just because 
you're working with thousand pound animals who have free will. Mm -hmm. And again, with clients taking them out of that traditional setting and into an arena, it's just, you're learning the skills. And in that moment, you're practicing what you're learning and then taking it with the horses and having these real life experiences. Well, and it's, it's a safer place, right? So people automatically, um, whether you're afraid of horses or intimidated by them or not, um, they're kind of, their guard goes down a little bit because they're able to either project what's going on with them mm -hmm. onto the horse, mm -hmm. or they are building a relationship with that horse, um, which is giving us as the treatment team more information on what's going on with the client. Mm -hmm. And Anne brought up a really great point is that they read energy and body cues. And we've been talking here as just a collaborative team of what is the one thing that we're missing in society today with everybody wearing masks, right? Mm -hmm. So we can't see the facial expressions. Oftentimes people don't even want to talk or give lip service because it's challenging or it's difficult or it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, and then we also, you know, kids today want to just look at their phones or we're glued to our phones. So we've, we've lost the art and we've lost the skill of reading each other and reading yeah. our energy and body cues. And that's the gift that the horses are bringing mm -hmm. to us. Um, and that's one of the things we're really focusing on with our upcoming programs because um, congruence is key. So mm -hmm. we can fake it, you know, we can fake it with a person. We cannot fake it with a horse. We can give lip service to the, to the clinician in the office, but the horses are going to see right through that. And well, they give us that amazing feedback and therapy. And Michelle, if I can interrupt for one one second too, I think, especially now in the world more than ever, it's people just aren't connected in the moment. I mean, even myself, I find it hard sometimes to truly be in the moment and what I'm doing. We always have a million things on our mind. And right. again, with horses and with this type of therapy, you have to be in the moment. Right? Mm. In some ways, it reminds me of how yoga has been quite healing um, with survivors of trauma and just that mind-body connection that, you know, can often be disconnected, but helps reconnect that. In some ways, as you're talking, I, I'm i remembering a podcast we had done before about that, and it, it really has been so powerful in my life, and I can see how then having another living creature, being able to see right through you yes. and to help you make that connection would be even more powerful. Well, and as you know, trauma survivors, what you realize is that um, you, know, you may not really process or realize those triggers until it's safe to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing with the horses is they provide us that space um, and that time to heal organically. Uh, it was really interesting. We had a one person who just the physical touch. So she, she was processing her trauma. And one of the cool things too about equine therapy and one of the modalities that we use, what we're science is showing us is we're actually retraining the brain to leave that trauma, that lower stem and retrain it to, to engage those upper brain stem. So, or the upper, upper brain cells. And so that process alone is healing. But when we had a client who just the physical touch, she, she was processing her trauma and, and very quiet. We didn't know exactly what was going on, but one of the horses, Daisy, put her head to the client's head and just held the space for her. And just that, that, that is beautiful. touch brought her to her knees so that she could do a, I mean, a complete physical body release wow. and reprocessing 
And it was, I don't know, 45 minutes that that horse just stood there and held that space for her. What? And it's, it's those moments that you realize, wow, that it just, it takes your breath away. You know, it's, it's, um, it's, there's no, I, I don't know if there's another animal out there or another person that could have provided that, that healing and that space for her Well, in that moment. And again, I think when working with horses, going back to the fact that they are prey animals. And so their brain tells them to fight, flight, or freeze. Mm-hmm. And so people, when dealing with trauma, it's the same thing. So mm-hmm. from that bottom up regulation, you're able to work with the horses through Mm -hmm. that and understand how to, you know, once all the neurons in the brain start connecting and working together and creating, yes, new pathways and then working through all that in healthy ways. And again, it's just, it is, it's truly inspiring. I mean, Mm -hmm. I come out of sessions with clients in awe of just the magic that they can provide for people in session. It's amazing. Are these horses actually trained to provide that kind of therapy or is it just the simple fact that they're horses and they, they just are in tune like that? The horses are not trained. The horses just need to be horses. Yes. Wow. Um, what we do do is we work with them so that they are not afraid of some of the, the items that we use in therapy. So we use things mm-hmm. sometimes like tarps, cones, swim noodles, um, barrels, mm-hmm. jumps. Mm-hmm. And so we want to make sure that they're not overreactive in a session. Um, and so they're not in that trauma brain mm-hmm. when we're, you know, when we're um, working with the client. So that's the only thing that we do is we just work with them so that they're comfortable around the tools. And there's mm-hmm. times in session with um, our herd that sometimes if we go into a stall and we'll literally ask some <laughs> of our heard members if they want to work today and they will turn their backs and butts to us and okay, that's I get it I mean some days you're just not on it's right. fine and they so, know who they are yeah well, and they to be honest the horses experience um the process with the client mm-hmm. and so we have to be really mindful of their emotional Burnout. well-being as well mm-hmm. and I mean, we trust their intuition when a client comes in, if the horse is not willing to engage with that client, it's usually for a reason. And we have to trust that. Right. Mm-hmm. They've survived for thousands of years <laughs> and there's gotta be a reason why. <laughs> That's right. Wow. The timing of this is really interesting. If I might share, um, I've been working on a project. I shared this with you and recently and Mary, of course, you know, but mm-hmm. um, just for survivors, uh, we're working on a virtual support therapeutic support group um, for survivors of sexual abuse and human trafficking just to find safe space online. And, and in the midst of writing this new content, I just felt really compelled to share about a trip that I took to Assateague Island uh, not too recently, actually. And um, where I was just by myself, I had a speaking engagement out in Maryland and I'd heard about these wild horses that were at the state park. And I thought, wow, didn't know we had those in America. Mm -hmm. So I went out just by myself and I went to go find them. And the experience of just being near a Mm -hmm. wild horse (laughs) was Mm -hmm. something like I could not ever manufacture again. Mm -hmm. Just being in their presence, noticing their body cues. Like 
I felt so welcomed. I was by myself. I was going through like, I was like walking through swamps to get to them. They smelled so bad. They had scars all over their bodies, but they were like in little pairs and bunches. Like they knew who their like tribe was. They were comfortable with them. They were comfortable with me to a point, but like they let me know when I was coming too close. And when I respected that, I felt they respected me. It just like, like we made eye contact. It was just a really beautiful experience. And to just get a taste of their, the wildness of their, um, just their majesty. I mean, it was just a really cool thing for me. And I agree. There's nothing like a, a horse to be able to interact with and how that experience brought me healing and helped me to like feel seen and known <laughs> like yeah. what, it's so crazy to feel like you're talking about this and these horses don't know my name but like I walked away from that feeling changed <laughs> and that's not even therapy that's just me trying to run up on someone's pasture you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> well even just spending that time with them and being yeah. in their presence yeah, absolutely space. right it, it just being with them is healing in itself mm-hmm. we had um, a woman who survived a traumatic loss um, her husband and her daughter were killed in a plane crash and uh, she survived and she said the first step to her healing was just grooming a horse. Wow. Just mm. being next to a horse and grooming mm. because nothing else in her world makes sense. Mm. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's just those moments of just being in their presence is, is all that you need. Right, right. Well, and I could see the same thing like with one of my sons and, and his puppy. And I mean, Mary has a turtle. Somehow that turtle is... <laughs> really making a difference in her life. Pets are great, (laughs) but yes, a horse is incredible. And so from what you have seen, is it mostly effective for children or is it pretty effective for all ages? Oh, all ages. Is it? Yeah. We're we're always surprised. Well, I can't say that we're always surprised. We're always in awe of watching moments who connects and how yes. and, and what breakthroughs and, mm-hmm. and what metamorphoses occur because it's it's no it's inevitable just... yeah there's no discrimination yeah. there we had um we were just reflecting over our summer programs and it was actually a couple of the most profound moments were uh two little boys that participated in some of our summer youth programs and um you know most people think that it, it's females that connect with the horses and and it's a girl thing riding and um we've we've completely found that that's not the case at all we had another gentleman over in over the weekend who just gushed about his experience Mm -hmm. with horses a grown man um sharing sharing his own stories it was just it's beautiful it's it's Someone can benefit absolutely from horses, from what we do. Not specific. It's not specific to whether you're male, female. Mm -hmm. It's just healing for all. Yeah. uh, Just even working, you know, we work with first responders as well. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them, you know, being male and Mm. macho and, you know, they come away from their day and they're just like, wow, I found out so many things about myself I wasn't even aware of. And Mm -hmm. again, just seeing that and knowing, like breaking down those barriers. Well, because of the trauma that they deal with on a daily basis. Um, Mm. And so they have to learn how to be healthy, healthy in themselves and how to self-regulate. And Mm -hmm. those are all skills we've learned so well from them. Mm. Wow. And 
is there specific, I guess, disorders or types of trauma or illness that you've found that it works most effectively with? I saw on your website that you listed a lot of things like depression, anxiety, mood disorders, eating disorders. I saw addiction, ADHD, PTSD. You mentioned first responders and then of course victims of human trafficking you even focus on, which I think is great. You know, among many others, is there any that really rise to the top that when someone comes in with this specific thing, you're like, this is one of the most effective ways to treat it? Well, I would say the most uh, trauma specifically, um, and that, you know, obviously falls with under a lot of those categories. Um, A lot of times other conditions have trauma underlying. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's a unique way to process trauma. I think, you know, that's kind of um, where I get really excited because I, I, the modality is just so um, perfect for trauma and, and doing that ground up, um, healing. Mm -hmm. And, but, but really, you know, like I said, some of those, the people that you mentioned, so their first responders are victims of human trafficking, most often eating disorders, um, anxiety, depression, those often have underlying trauma involved in them. Mm -hmm. But I can't say that they work, it works better for one group or another. It really depends on the individual. Okay. And what they're, you know, are they ready for, you know, what type of healing are they ready for? Mm, Um, And I think that that's personal. Yeah. 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 And so it'd be more of, you know, if someone listening today even is just feeling a tug to even try it, sometimes that is just all that is needed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We we offer even things like uh, grooming. We have a program called Hands on Horses that we're launching this Mm -hmm. fall um, that starts in a couple of weeks. And that's, everybody's so full of anxiety and stress. And we Mm -hmm. thought, how can we do just a a snippet and not a full program to get people in and just spending time with horses. So engaged and just some way of decompressing from their day. Just, just being being mindful, be, Mm -hmm. be in the moment and spend time with the horses. So we're offering that for adults and for children um, on different days, just to get people out of what they normally do and into something that's and if they want to dip easy. their toes in it right. and just see and just be around, you know, because a lot of people too, I think sometimes are just timid and afraid of being around yeah. horses, whether that's that experience or the fact that they're just intimidating mm-hmm. to some. And so I think that's also just a great way. Come groom a gentle giant mm-hmm. and just be in the moment with them, right? Right. I think there's still a stigma, whether we want to talk about it or not, but people are still afraid to put labels on themselves and say, I'm depressed or mm-hmm. I, I have high anxiety or I have an eating disorder. I mean, those labels still carry negative connotations, even though it's something we all experience. Right. Um, and so sometimes people are afraid to jump in to equine assisted psychotherapy because it's so new. So we've really tried to offer kind of step up approaches. Mm-hmm. Um, so come you know, we, we offer things like yoga, um, yoga and horses. Uh, we do. Okay. Uh, Sign me up. Very. We're going. <laughs> yeah, we do meditation. Meditations yeah. out in the out in the um, yeah. pastures oh, with so the horses. Cool. Um, so we do yoga hikes around the property mm-hmm. to get people out in yeah. nature. So just like Ann said, getting people out, get just 
so they can breathe again, get them connected with nature, get them connected with the horses before they're ready to even dive into mm-hmm. um, their traumas mm-hmm. and their issues. And then on top of it, you have the talk therapy and the psychotherapy Absolutely. that can happen right alongside it. Absolutely. Correct. Which That's again, fantastic. with this type of program, it's really cool because, you know, especially with some of our kids, you know, it's hard for them to verbalize how they're really feeling. And so being in an arena with the horses, it kind of takes the pressure off of them and adults too. And, you know, you can kind of in a roundabout way, ask some questions about maybe something the horse may be doing, but then in turn, sometimes the clients, you know, will take it internally and then it goes Mm. back to them and how they're really feeling. That's really cool. It reminds me of some of my best therapy has happened among someone safe to me, but while driving in a car. So it's like you're looking forward. You don't have to look at the person. There's Mm -hmm. something else going on around you that you can kind of relate to. And then blah, here's my stuff, you know, safe space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm all for, I mean, I think traditional therapy is great. I've utilized in my own personal health and healing, but I just think, you know, things like equine-assisted psychotherapy and equine-assisted learning are just another great tool to have. You know, you have art therapies and just engaging Mm -hmm. all those different experiential type therapies are just so helpful. Well, and and I do want to be clear that this is not, you know, this is not a one-size-fits-all program. Mm -hmm. We do, especially when we're working with those affected by human trafficking, um, this is one piece of the bigger puzzle of which they're participating in uh, for their, their healing and their recovery. Mm -hmm. So we're not saying, you know, do this in lieu of traditional, we're saying that do this in conjunction with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we have a lot of, we're working with clinicians who um, will offer this as a secondary to what, you know, they do the traditional uh, clinical setting, but then they also will bring clients here Mm-hmm. to do um, equine therapy as a complement to, to what they're doing. Almost building off their treatment of what mm-hmm. they're already receiving. Or as part mm-hmm. of a PHP or an outpatient program. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And just gives, you know, a little bit of a different environment for yes. just further life skills or things like that. That sounds so cool. And And just, you know, as you're speaking about, and specifically you're talking about you know, how you found all types of therapy very helpful, even personally. I wonder if you could share a little bit and what in your life gave you the passion to establish this farm and this, this place of healing. Um, so for me, my personal quick summary is when I was younger in my teens, I suffered really a really bad eating disorder, both bulimia and anorexia. And I ended up seeking treatment out in Arizona after treatments here just weren't working for me. And um, even back then, so many years ago, I knew this particular uh, treatment setting had horses. And I just, for whatever reason, from a little girl, I've always been drawn to horses. And for some reason, I knew not only removing myself from my situation here, but also just being around horses would help me heal. And so it did. And, you know, like any type of recovery, I feel every day I have to practice what I learn and it's a challenge some days, you know, still, and probably always, but, Mm -hmm. um, just being able to 
bring it home and bring horses home personally to me because I do have my own personal horse, which again, still just provides health and healing for me. But um, I just, yeah, I mean, horses helped me. And so I guess for me, I had a vision from that girl when I was 15, 16, if I ever had the opportunity to provide healing, not just for eating disorders, but for anybody Mm. struggling, any type of issue that is having a negative effect on their health, both mentally or physically, I just feel it's my passion and my mission that I want to help. So for me, you've had that personal experience of it helping you. Right. Yeah. That's really cool. It's like, yeah, just being able to give to those that are behind you on their healing journey because you've seen how it helped you. That's really, really cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I think so often, you know, when we're able to just imagine, you know, what could I do? What, how can I really make my mark on the world? How can I help others who maybe have been in my shoes or are walking in them right now or, you know, need a helping hand? If we can just close our eyes and be creative and think about, right. you know, what can I do? And I think it's so cool. And knowing that you are a hairstylist and you still are today, yeah. you know, and that's, that's your passion and you're good at it. And I'm sure that there's a lot of talk therapy that's happening there too. (laughs) I know what it's like. I know what it's like when I'm getting my hair colored. I mean, we are changing the world and we're also solving each other's problems. I think too, Nicole, you make me think of a poem that really resonated with me when my father-in-law suddenly passed away a couple years ago. And Mm. um, it's the dash. And basically it talks about from the moment you're born, to the time you leave this earth and that dash in between. What is that? What is that dash that you leave? And it always just kind of resonated with me, like to your point, what do I want to leave in this world? Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. And you can still, you know, keep your day job. You can still Mm -hmm. hang out with the same people. You're still living in the same house or whatever. You can still be you, but to dream bigger and to have, you know, co-founded this amazing nonprofit organization that's reaching into so many lives and healing journeys and making quite an impact. I just think that's really cool. You know, like we can dream big, we can take the steps to um, create something new and yet it doesn't have to completely change our whole life. You know, it doesn't have to be our whole life. We can still do all the other things that we're doing. I just think that's really just a great testimony for being a part of change in our world, I guess, especially for those who've experienced trauma. Thanks for sharing that, you know, and being vulnerable with your own story there and too. In wrapping up, honestly, I, I just would love for our listeners to know how, how they can support Hope Meadows. Um, You know, is it by visits? Let us know where you're located, your website. And then I know you have an upcoming virtual event on September 2nd, which would probably be a great way for people to get involved because we don't all have to come to where you're at. Right. If you could give us a bunch of information, um, that would be really cool. So we have, we are actually just expanded to a second location. Our main facility is in Bath, Ohio, um, mm-hmm. which is in the Fairlawn Akron area. 
and we are now operating out of another barn in Columbia Station. So just trying to ge geographically reach as many people as possible. Um, and uh, those addresses are on our website. The website is www.hopemeadowsoh.org. Um, we're also on social media. So, you know, follow us on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, we do have an upcoming event on September 2nd. As you mentioned, it is virtual. We've had to pivot and do some twists and turns some to make shifting. this happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, COVID has presented us a number of problems in the fundraising area. Um, mm -hmm. So we would love to expand our support and reach. Um, it really does take a village and we depend mm -hmm. on um, donations and funding to keep our programs going so that we can impact um, many. you know as many people as possible and primarily people who can't afford the treatment mm -hmm. there's links on our hope meadows website to get to um, to buy tickets and to become a sponsor and also mm -hmm. online bidding is now open but we are also the online bidding is on a platform um, biddingforgood.com backslash hope meadows Okay. Um, awesome. So everything is on there. Uh, we're excited to be able to tell our story on a virtual platform um, and just see how that, that unfolds for us. We're kind of, it's, it's, we're treading new water. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I think there's, you know, a lot of the organizations that our nonprofit One Voice for Freedom partners with have been moving to the virtual events and it can feel scary, but they've all been, I think, very effective. And yeah. Um, you know, people want to help others. And especially in this time, we're so isolated. Sometimes it just can feel really good to give hope to someone else, you know, and I know Mary, you work for a radio station. You've been doing a fundraiser all week for that. And yeah. I know that you could probably say the same thing. It, it, it's surprising how many people really do want to help, even though times are hard. Well, and I think honestly, now that, you're forced to sit and look at emotions and feelings that maybe you've bottled up for a long time because it's easy being in a world that uh, encourages us to be busy. But obviously with COVID, things have slowed down. And, uh, you know, being a nonprofit, like you mentioned, Nicole, and, and trying to stay afloat and stay fueled and, and charged up and everything people are there to listen. They have the hearts and the desires to be generous and loving, and they want to do something that matters in this mm -hmm. year more than mm -hmm. ever. So I actually think as scary as it is, it's the perfect time uh, to really, you know, blow things up with your organization. So going yeah. bold and confident, <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. Resilience. <laughs> well, so our theme for the evening is resilience. Yeah. And we, we have been tried and tested in every way possible. And I am convinced that we are more resilient than ever. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and but you're right. I think that one of the things that we want to really, um, we want to come out in, in that virtual platform is that we're not on an island and right. that everybody, whether we feel like it or not, we need to stay connected. And some of the stories and the testimonies that are going to come out um, at that virtual event, I think everybody can relate to yeah. and connect with and say, that's my story. Mm -hmm. um, and, and yes, I agree with that. And yes, we need help and we need to stay connected. And there's people to support us through that process. Mm. Absolutely. That's really cool. And you know, I never even thought about it till now, but you know, 
the type of therapy you're providing is outdoors yes. on many acres. Yes. So, you know, that's actually a place you can actually be with people distancing right. versus so many of, um, you know, talk therapies offices are closed. So right. maybe more than ever, we need these horses to be our therapists. <laughs> You're, you hit it on the head and that's what we've been, we've been really pushing, come out, connect with nature. You're in yeah. a safe outdoor environment. Um, you know, it's, it, that in itself is healing. Yeah. Well, and I think during this time of uncertainty and with, you know, COVID, we've been really taking this time, like, the world telling us to slow down, but to really grow with purpose, you know, just getting the word out, getting the information out there and just really just getting out in the community and doing community outreach has been another important aspect to all this for us. Mm -hmm. And letting the work speak for itself. Yeah. Yeah, Seeing is believing. (laughs) Well, thank you ladies again for those listening, please do um, support Hope Meadows, check out their website as they mentioned. And especially if you can try to get on there um, before their September 2nd evening event, that would be really, really cool and powerful and just a way to help to give back and to, to, give into another survivor's life. I think it can really make a difference in your own. So thank you both ladies. We really appreciate your time and your work. And um, I personally am excited to come out to the farm. <laughs> Me too. We'd love to have you ladies. Thank you both so very much for your time. Absolutely. Take care. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe, write a review if you heard something you liked, even invite others to listen so we can be on this healing journey together. You can check us out on Facebook or go to IamOneVoice.org.